You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. So I'm excited for today's podcast. Um, we actually got a message from someone that is listening in Brazil. So cool. Uh, awesome. And she was asking about uh, our pregnancy journeys. And she's a little concerned because she feels like she's not nourishing her body right during pregnancy. Um, fortunately, Liz and myself did a uh, learning training. training. <laughs> um, so we did a training. We we actually reached out to a pregnancy expert that's a registered dietitian um, and asked her to put together a training for us to be able to help our clients that maybe become pregnant um, or are postpartum and make sure that, you know, we obviously do as much research as possible, but there are experts in certain fields and we wanted to make sure that we were giving, you know, the proper education. Everyone's pregnancy is different. Yeah. By no means are is what we're going to talk about today, uh, you know, prescription for you you need to speak with your doctor um but we're just going to give some information based off of the training that we got and then also our personal journeys um you know i think it's nice to kind of be able to relate in those situations um so today we're going to be talking about pregnancy journeys and nutritional needs for pregnancy Um, yeah it was really cool when we did this i was pregnant i was just like newly pregnant with marcus so it was really beneficial and Lindsay did a great job so we'll have to tag her in this too yep um, so speaking of pregnancies and motherhood, yes, can we talk about JLo and the <laughs> halftime show? <laughs> and Shakira. I mean, like, yeah, here's here's I am a, f- amazed by their bodies at 50 and 41 years old, yeah. like goals. First of all, mm-hmm. the only thing that I will say is I was just a little taken by JLo's crotch when she pulled off the skirt <laughs> in the beginning. After that, it was fine. But in the very beginning, I was like, Okay. Yeah. That just got real. Very, very sheer, <laughs> sparkly bodysuit. Um, you know, here's the thing. I just, I can't hate at all. Like Mm-mm. they work so hard and whatever, you know, the thoughts are on was the performance great. I personally, it took me back. I thought it back. was good. I thought it was good. It took me back to some old school Shakira, right? Oh yeah. So a lot of people were kind of like, where did Shakira come from? Um, and she actually had kids and so she's been staying mm-hmm. home with them. The only thing I didn't know the guy that they were. Uh, He's apparently with. one of the top Latin rappers. Yeah. And he works with JLo, I guess okay. on a lot of stuff. I couldn't deal with his outfit. Yeah, it was. I was like, strange. you need to get out of the 1990s. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the talent and uh-huh. the physical demands of putting on that performance is just wow. Like when JLo was up on that pole and she's holding herself, totally. and she's out to the side. Like, it, it, I just thought it was amazing talent and performance overall. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely better than last year's Maroon Five and Adam Levine. Yeah, like sorry, Adam Levine. Yeah, it just wasn't. No, wasn't Didn't up to, to par. That. But it was funny listening to Art because he was like, "I think she's half naked. Like, what is happening right now?" You know. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, yeah, you know, it's definitely a pretty sheer bodysuit." Um, yes. But at the end of the day, I just think we can't knock on the fact that one, she's an amazing performer, and her body, she's worked really hard. And totally. so both of them, she had twins, and I didn't realize this either. I but didn't that know was she her had daughter. Twins. Yeah. So JLo has twins. I knew it was JLo's daughter. I didn't know JLo had twins though. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So, and one of my clients the other day was so funny. She's like, and she didn't borrow them. She actually had them herself. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, for her to have that kind of audience, you know, at 49 or 50, however old she is now, I just think that it's It is no small feat, guys. Don't hate on people's hard work. Yeah. If they want to flaunt it, let them flaunt it. They worked for it. And she apparently, I mean, obviously she does a lot of things with entrepreneurship and her Mm -hmm. performance and all this stuff. Um, She works like 16, 20 hour days. I was listening to a podcast. Shakira's a diplomat. She yeah. like is a diplomat for our country. It's, yeah. I think that they're both phenomenal women. Yeah. Um, women Kudos. empowerment guys yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just think, you know, I'm seeing so many things right now on social media that's like hating on them and this and that. And it's like, if you are 50 years old and you have a body like that, I hope you rock that body. Totally. Suit. You know, like I really do because you worked hard for that. Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of differing opinions. I will agree. It was a little crotchy at times, but yeah, that was um, the only thing I, that was the only thing I had a problem with. I was like, I can basically see your badge right now Yeah, and I don't need to. I just wish I like had her dancing and singing skills because yes. yeah. Okay. So let's move on into our journeys yeah. of pregnancy. So Marcus is seven and a half months old now. Crazy. And how old is Carson? Carson is 18 months. Yeah. It's crazy. Insane. He's a year and a half old. I mean, I remember calling you before I told anybody, like Mm -hmm. freaking out, you know, I think it was like the day after I told Art. Yeah. And, um, or maybe I was like texting you before I even told Art. I don't remember, but I get it. It seems like yesterday that that happened. So why don't you start with your journey with Carson and then I can share mine about Marcus. Yeah. So I had a, I had a really tough time mentally with my journey with pregnancy um and nutritionally so i i think i've told this story before on here but i'll brief brief it quick i i had to go through ivf um i unfortunately lost my period due to unhealthy habits with food um i was under eating over training and my menstrual cycle went away um and i lost it for about two and a half years and so when we wanted to get pregnant uh kind of fast-tracked us to ivf because i wasn't having a cycle um so unfortunately the doctors obviously were like you need to gain body fat um before you even can get pregnant Mm -hmm. so i had to in the hopes that i was going to even be able to get pregnant like i didn't even know it wasn't a guarantee um i had to basically stop working out um i was on a bunch of hormones that were making me fluff up a little bit um which was the obviously objective um and I had to you know I had to put blinders on I had to you know wear baggy or clothes that I was more comfortable in at the time because at the you know when I before I got pregnant I was like 12 9 percent body fat and just shredded um and so I kind of you know it was for what we wanted at the time but it was still really hard so um I was still eating really clean, but I had to up my calories. I had to up my healthy fats um, and I had to put on a little bit of weight. So before I even got pregnant, um, I had put on about seven or eight pounds. Um, And then in the beginning of my pregnancy, I was super nauseous. Um, So I had horrible morning sickness. All I wanted was carbs. I literally couldn't make it through the grocery store unless I like went and got a bagel at the bakery of Mariano's because wow. I was so nauseous. Yeah. Um, I, I, the only way I could get protein was like I would make breakfast tacos or like a breakfast sandwich instead of just having eggs because mm-hmm. I couldn't stomach eggs. Um, I was doing a lot of – I lived by Skinny Taste, her uh, her recipes. <laughs> yeah. I love Skinny Taste recipes. Um, I was making like shrimp po'boys, um, like – all these things I, I was I needed flavor I could yeah. no longer eat plain food like mm-hmm. I used to be able to eat plain vegetables chicken sweet potato whatever I had to have flavor to my food all of a sudden yeah. um so my first trimester hit me hard um luckily because I was working with the IVF group um they actually gave me an anti-nausea that helped a ton after a couple weeks and I was starting to feel back to myself um but even up until 12 weeks I think it was they didn't want me doing much weight training yeah. um just, I remember that you were super, I was going yeah. 
effing crazy guys <laughs> like it sucked because that was my life that was yeah. what i love doing um so my training changed my diet changed i gained i think like 20 pounds in the first 15 weeks yeah um but again you were really lean yeah and so my body yeah. needed that yeah you know my body needed that and then the second trimester came got a little bit easier i started getting like the little bump i actually felt pregnant and not just fat because the first mm-hmm. like 15 to 18 weeks i just felt fat yeah um and then uh i started being able to eat a little bit more normally i lived off of chipotle a lot um i also i think developed a craving for donuts mentally i don't think i actually was craving them i think i was like i'm pregnant i'm gonna have some donuts this and now this good. is my craving <laughs> um and you, like, then use it as like the crutch like because totally. i'm pregnant i should have donuts totally every day and so i kept i kept tracking my macros just to make sure i was eating enough and i was keeping relatively balanced but the quality of food definitely took a little bit of a dive just because like i was you know i couldn't stomach a lot of things yeah. um i think finally around like the end of my second trimester i was starting to eat more vegetables again um, i was doing a lot of smoothies because it was summertime when i was super pregnant mm-hmm. um and then third trimester it's weird third trimester like everything kind of tightened up and then i just got this huge belly mm-hmm, um did. but i still gained 45 pounds mm-hmm. i gained 45 pounds during my pregnancy and it was like i felt great after the first trimester i felt great i had good energy i wasn't super tired like a lot of people are um i felt strong in my workouts i was working out almost every day even when it was hot out i was fine as long as i was hydrating a ton um and i worked out up until i gave birth which was a week late they induced me because carson didn't want to come out and i was showing zero signs of labor so at 41 weeks i was like i am done yeah please get this baby out of me yeah uh, I remember that you going in and yep. <laughs> like all the things you're having the day before oh my gosh. Your last dinner with Nick and all that yep. stuff. So when did you get to go back to the gym? So the first, obviously yeah. higher risk with IVF and everything, right? Totally. So when did you get to so go back? So I was in the gym cause I was coaching. Um, so when I was there, what I was doing was like light assault bike, um, empty barbell squats because I was used to squatting sure. 275 pounds. Like, so it was very hard for me. So what I did during my pregnancy was I sought out people that were experts in training while pregnant and nutrition while pregnant. Because guys, I love our OBGYNs, but essentially they're surgeons. Like they yeah. are they are there to make sure that you can deliver like that baby safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something goes wrong, they're there to, you know, make sure that you and baby get out safe. Yeah. And they are not nutritional experts. They are not training experts they are doctors they are surgeons Mm -hmm. um and so i was not comfortable with them giving me advice on what i should be doing because i don't i didn't feel that they understood me no they really Um, don't know i mean you can ask them i asked them several things and one of the things we're going to talk about is folic acid right yeah um and they don't know nutritionally how much mm-hmm. you should be eating. Nope. You know, I remember having the conversation with my doctor. Here's how much I've been eating. Here's my exercise yep. routine. And I have four doctors in my practice. One of them had long discussion before we went in to get pregnant. And she's like, I want you to maintain everything status quo as long as you can, yep. as long as you feel good. Yep. Other one is like, well, I don't think you should be lifting weights and you should only yep. gain 15 pounds in your pregnancy. Oh, and God, like, I hate weight recommendations ugh, during pregnancy. Yeah. And um, that was a fun conversation. And I think you remember I was super pissed when I left yes. that doctor's appointment. Yep. But um, they don't know. And when you give them a calorie intake, it's very hard. And this would be for anybody mm-hmm. to just look at a person and say, yeah, that's what you should be eating because they don't know totally. your body fat percentage. You're, they don't know your lifestyle, how much you're moving in a day, yep, 100%. all of that. So we're going to talk about caloric needs for pregnancy, but... I sought out people that were experts in that field, people that understood CrossFit, people that understood me and what my body was used to because my body's used to high intensity, heavy weights, lots of volume. I'm not saying that's 
what I want to be doing. My goal during pregnancy was not to get fitter. That should not be your goal during pregnancy. But my goal during pregnancy was to maintain what made me feel good, Mm -hmm. you know, and maintain strength and continue weight training because that trains you for birth. Yep. Guys, if you are not working out, I at least recommend trying to start walking. Like Mm -hmm. try to start doing something small because you do not want to go into that birthing room unconditioned, not ready to go through some of the hardest moments of your lives and birth that baby safely. Like I truly believe my pregnancy went so smoothly because I did create a focus around my nutrition and around my training still. Yeah. Because you were giving your body what it needed and you were taking care of it with rest, with recovery, but also continuing your routine. So I think you bring up a great point here. If you're not currently training, we're not saying that you should go into the gym now and start training if you're three months pregnant, right? However, if you are currently training, you should do your best as long as your doctor supports Mm -hmm. it to maintain your training regimen. There is no reason that you need to start modifying all the things in the world until you're, you know, halfway through your second trimester or, you know, you really start to show some people start to show early. If then of course you need to stay off your stomach, right. And be smart. But, um, you know, if you're not currently training exactly what Becca said, like just start doing some walking, maybe a little bit of incline walking and just stay active and stay mobile. And I would even say add mobility and hip mobility to your routines because, Come second, third trimester, that low back pain hits you oh, and gosh. you're stiff and you just want to be and able postpartum to postpartum too. My oh. hips were so different after the baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, guys, regardless of what doctors say, regardless of what experts say, your body will be your best guide. Yeah. Everyone is different. I knew people that like for those that know CrossFit or anything like hanging knee raises and toes to bar, I knew people that did those up to like 25 weeks. Yeah. At 15 weeks, I started feeling this weird thing in my stomach after I would do them. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I don't need it. to do this yeah. anymore. Yeah. And I remember talking to you about box jumps mm-hmm. and you were like, I just did it till I didn't feel safe. And by that, like didn't know that yeah. I could actually hit the jump. Yeah. Um, so I stopped doing that at like, I don't know, 25 weeks or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hundred percent, as long as you feel good and you feel safe and you're not being stupid in your training, then totally. 100% percent you know totally. continue on so yeah so my journey was different um and so it's always good to you know kind of compare yeah. so art and I had planned for a while that you know later in the year we were going to try to get pregnant and so I was still on birth control but I had also gotten my hormones done through a hormone specialist because of the coach that I was working with at the time he had me under 1300 calories intake very low fat Mm -hmm. not great for hormones and so got those results back and I was like okay I really need to turn this around did a lot of anti-inflammatory foods um increased my calories you know up to almost near maintenance but slightly under because you know I wanted to kind of maintain the weight loss that I had and then at the end of September we kind of decided okay like this is the time because we didn't know like would it take us a long time would it be immediate it was immediate (laughs) (laughs) um and it was funny because so I was on the IUD and I went in and I distinctly remember talking to the doctor my best friend Erin she was also on birth control and got pregnant immediately and so she called me one day like crying wasn't ready for uh, getting pregnant immediately, right? Because the doctor told her it could take yeah. you a year to two years. Totally. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait until I'm fully ready. Yeah. Well, really, when are, when is everybody fully ready? Never. Right? Um, so I talked to the doctor and I said, you know, I've been tracking my period because even though I'm on the IUD, I get it regularly every month, every 28 days, like clockwork. And so according to this day, this is when I'm going to ovulate. I got my um, IUD taken out on a Thursday. Ovulation was on a Monday. A couple weeks later, I was pregnant. So that was a little bit of a shock. Um, But, you know, all in good. So 
for throughout the first trimester, I don't really recall having a lot of nausea. I did have a little bit of food aversion mm-hmm. at times. So I remember like we bought chicken and I was like, yeah, I can't cook it. I could eat it, but yeah. I couldn't cook it. Um, had a lot of low back pain. So like the planting implantation, I felt that. Um, and then I had just had to go to the bathroom all the time. So I was like super, super thirsty and I was actually craving carbs, but I was craving fats like macadamia nuts. And I think it was like also like the salt, but I just remember like I wanted to like eat handfuls of them. And so I had to kind of monitor that because obviously (laughs) macadamia nuts are super Super um, calories. (laughs) So I would get like two or three at a time and then go back for two or three more. So first trimester was really good. Um, second trimester I hit this like hunger wall super hungry all the time so i remember th- you were eating so many calories and not gaining weight yes i mean i so yeah so the the coach that i was working with prior to i stopped working at the beginning of pregnancy because yeah. i was like okay well obviously i'm going to increase my calories here and eat to what i feel good about. i think it was only 1900 yeah yeah later first trimester beginning of second trimester i went to like 22 2300 calories mm-hmm. and i was gaining weight at the like the rate they wanted. So it was like half a pound a week or something. Um, all in all, I believe I gained between 28 and 30 pounds, give or take. Right. Um, depending on the day. So yeah, throughout that I was, you know, gaining what they wanted, but I was eating so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just felt like I couldn't get full. But then on the flip side of this at the third trimester, I felt big. I mean, I didn't get really, really big. So no. I had IUGR, which is intrauterine growth restriction. And around 30 weeks, they did a growth scan because of my thyroid. So yeah. all along through pregnancy, they were measuring and everything was fine. They wanted to do a growth scan at 30 weeks because I have Hashimoto's and therefore they found I was measuring smaller. And so any child who measures less than the 10th percentile, they send you to a fetal specialist. So we were going to these appointments. Obviously, it was like pretty scary. You know, what's going on? Um, Luckily, everything was measuring proportional. So he was, you know, growing normally. He was just behind in the scale of where they wanted him to be. So at that point in time, they started measuring me twice a week, monitoring everything. Um, They were never concerned, like had very clear conversations. You know, they're like, this is something that we see all the time. Um, We're not super concerned, but we're just going to keep going uh, twice a week to growth scans and they were actually doing the Doppler radars for his umbilical cord Mm -hmm. and looking at the placenta to make sure that the nutrients were actually getting, you know, to him. So that was fine. But then they made a plan to induce me at 37 weeks because anybody who has IUGR or is measuring smaller, they want to get the baby out and get him basically eating more. So that was kind of scary, but, um, everything was fine. So I went in and, Healthy pregnancy the entire time, never had any blood pressure uh, issues at all. So we go in, they're inducing me. I remember it's like nine o'clock at night. Art comes with pizza. Like we're jamming out, you know, and I'm feeling really good, whatever. Wake up the next morning. My doula comes. Art goes home to shower. He comes back. Doctor comes in. They start talking to me about my blood platelets. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what this means, but I had a horrible nightmare about two days before I went in that I wasn't going to be able to get an epidural and I was going to have to get (laughs) the IV. Well, I didn't want to get the IV medicine because my hairstylist, she kind of told me before she had the IV and it just kind of made you feel kind of like foggy drunk. Uh And so she's like, I just didn't like it because when I got the baby, it didn't feel like myself. Yeah. So here I am 
freaking out a little bit because now I can't get the epidural. They're talking about this IV mess. And then I'm like, okay, do I just you know go natural? I didn't even have the decision or the time to make this decision. They came back and said, your blood platelets have dropped again below 100. We're going to have to do a C-section. So Marcus wasn't tolerating the mm-hmm. induction. Yep. I was up um, to, I want to say it was like 14. So the medicine that they give you to induce you I don't want to say it because I don't remember the name of it. Exactly. Pitocin. Pitocin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they start you at a four or a six, something like that, and they can go up to 20. So they, I was at 14, but I wasn't really feeling much yeah. because they had pushed a bag of magnesium on me since my blood pressure spiked. So basically the doctor comes in. She's like, you've gone into something called severe preeclampsia. Never did any research on this. Was never a topic with the doctors yep. throughout the whole pregnancy because everything was normal. So she's like, your blood platelets have dropped. We're going to have to put you under general anesthesia and take the baby, you know, via yeah. C-section. So I'm like, okay, like let's go. So within seven minutes of saying, okay, like we prayed together with my doula and seven minutes later, the baby was out. So it was pretty wild. So like crazy. Whirlwind. Yeah. But on the other side of the C-section, I didn't see him for a day and a half. Because, That's so sad. Yeah. Um, he went to the NICU. Uh, he was three pounds, nine ounces. Mm-hmm. Totally healthy. Never had to have like breathing or anything yep. like that. It was all about his eating. Um, but obviously, I wasn't prepared for that. No. It was a shock. Yeah. And then my recovery was really bad. So they kept pushing fluid on me. And I was huge. Like the photos that we I remember. Have, she sent me photos. Her feet were like balloons balloons and they were like that for probably four or five days after so when i finally got home i lost 18 pounds of fluid over the course of three days so crazy like i couldn't believe the scale like night sweats and like all that stuff i I have no idea where it was going but yeah i had so much fluid pushed on me um that actually my sister and art had to start massaging my legs just to get my body Uh to process the fluid and release it so that's why they couldn't take me to uh mother baby that's what they call it because i was still in labor and delivery for a day and a half so anyways it was kind of a crazy experience um birthing experience nothing that you would ever expect but you know obviously he was healthy and that's all that matters but i think you know anything can happen and i remember throughout my pregnancy i was training the whole time i was Mm -hmm. eating great felt amazing never had any signs of anything you know doctors all really happy with everything but I kept seeing these ads like everything is great until like it's not and so that was really weird because I was like oh like what are they talking about you know so in retrospect I wish that I would have read up a little bit more on preeclampsia or you know the doctors would have educated on this and I think a lot of times they don't because they don't want to freak you out right and the same thing with you know when we were getting these growth scans for Marcus I was asking, you know, if he doesn't make it above four pounds, will he go to the NICU? And they were just saying, you know, it really kind of depends on how he does at birth. We don't know all the answers, Um, but thankfully he was fine. And now he eats like a champ. Yeah. Anything can happen, guys. No matter how many precautions we take, anything can happen. And you just got to be prepared for it all. So um, let's start kind of back in the beginning of your needs by trimester. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to preface this with how they determine this. Okay. So these recommendations of how many calories you need to increase per trimester is basically taken by figuring out how much mom needs and how much her fetus development needs for the entire gestational period, which is 250 days. So we're talking thousands upon thousands of calories. calories. And what they do is they basically divide 250 days by that amount of thousands upon thousands of calories. And they say that you don't really need any extra needs for the first trimester. 
You need about 340 extra calories per day in the second trimester and about 452 calories more per day in the third trimester from baseline. So not saying like you're adding a total of 750 calories, but about 340 more in the second trimester and then adding an extra like 110 to reach that 452 in the third trimester. But this is so- you are typically... One, some people are ravenous in the mm-hmm. first trimester, like cannot get enough food. Mm-hmm. They're starving. Other people can't eat anything. Yeah. So first of all, if you are literally like can't eat food, you're throwing up a lot, you, you don't even want to drink water, go to your doctor. You need to go to your doctor and figure out what's going on oh, so you can get sure enough you're calories. hydrated. Totally. Sure. Not being hydrated, super, super dangerous for mom and for baby. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you're drinking enough water. But these caloric needs, because a lot of people are like, well, how much more should I eat per trimester? Ugh. Listen to your body. Yeah. Like you, one, should obviously be eating enough to support you and baby, but your body's going to be a really good guide of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that those stupid caloric needs that they tell you, yes, you need more food when you're pregnant because you're creating a human, mm-hmm. but do not live and die by like the per trimester needs. Yeah. So I think this is very interesting because like I said, I was eating under 1300 calories heading into pregnancy. So if I looked at this and said, oh, I don't need anything extra, I will keep eating 1300 calories. That would totally be incorrect because that was a severe calorie deficit for me. That was about a 600 calorie deficit a day. And so knowing that I was hopefully going to get pregnant, I started to tie tear up and reverse diet to get to maintenance, but I still increased my calories by a couple hundred Mm -hmm. when I found out that yes, I was pregnant and also followed, you know, my body's totally request. So I think it really depends here on what you're doing prior to getting pregnant. And by the way, guys, you should not be dieting when you're pregnant. I have worked with people who say, I don't want to eat more than 1200 calories a day because I'm afraid to gain weight. And it's like your number one job while you are pregnant is to ensure you have enough nutrients to feed and develop this baby. Absolutely. Postpartum, your number one job is to recover from the traumatic birth experience that and you potentially support baby through breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. If you choose 100%. to do that. So it's like, you know, we think that we just have to quote unquote, like diet and I don't want to gain back. so much weight. And, yeah. So it really, again, we're going to always say that you need to be working with an expert, working with your doctor, but also listen to your body and yes. follow your needs. So guys, when you're pregnant, your blood volume increases by 50%. You get 50% more blood in your body. That's amazing. You grow an organ, which is your placenta. You literally grow an organ. You in, you need this increased caloric intake because your amniotic fluid weighs more. Your fetus is going to be about seven to eight pounds. Your placenta is now one to two pounds. Your uter- uterus is two pounds. You know, breast tissue increases, extracellular fluids increase, maternal fat's going to, like, all of these are necessary for healthy baby and healthy mom during pregnancy. And so there's a lot of change happening, and we need to account for that change by increasing our calories to support all of it. Yeah. So. And on the flip side, not using this as an excuse to eat 4,000 calories a day. Totally. Right. Because, you know. Back and I will healthy too. <laughs> Beck and I will be the first people to say that weight loss postpartum is difficult. It's and hard. so as long as you're doing this in a healthy manner, you have a good healthy pregnancy, you're following, you know, the yeah. weight curve that your doctors want you to. I think you're doing fantastic. Totally. And day to day, know that this will vary because your yeah. cravings are going to change. Your movement's going to change. You know, how you feel with if you're nauseous and all those things, it's going to change. But the bottom line here is 
be smart and eat enough and eat the right things to nourish your body. We totally. know that fried chicken is not nourishing our body, yes. right? We, we might want it. And <laughs> yeah. so have a little bit of it, but make sure that you're getting things that are going to be nourishing the body as well. Yes. Um, let's, so that kind of brings us into like what nutrients are important during pregnancy and why. Yeah. Um, so th- we're going to kind of run through a bunch here. Um, but, and then we'll go over some foods that you can get these from. And then we're going to kind of finish up with like our, our recommendations prenatal, um, in terms of what we took and why, and, uh, what we got in terms of like the training from the registered dietitian that we is a pregnancy and postpartum expert. Um, so we'll share those with you at the end, but iron, zinc, and B6 are all important for new maternal and fetal cells for protein synthesis and for energy increases, which obviously energy is going to be increasing because you're producing a, a an organ and a, a human. Yeah. Um, and this is also why you find that you're sometimes tired too totally, in the beginning. Totally. Um, but your iron can also lead to anemia. So I was anemic at a couple yeah. points in time. So when they were testing my iron, I went on an iron supplement separate from my prenatal that already had iron in it, but that's very, very important as yes, well. But iron's also dangerous in high yes. amounts, um, which is why funny, fun fact, you'll never find iron gummies. You'll never find iron supplement gummies because obviously they're a lot easier mm-hmm. to overconsume Overdose, and if yeah. children take them, because mm. um, iron can be really dangerous in high yeah. amounts. So so again, this is something your doctor, you know, they're totally. going to be testing your blood throughout um, yep. your pregnancy. Um, so the next one here is folate and B12. So <laughs> we have a, we have, we have opinions about folate. We do have opinions <laughs> about folate. So most doctors are going to tell you to get a prenatal with folic acid. Well, that mm-hmm. is a synthetic. So yep. we recommend sticking with a clean prenatal that does not have folic acid. Naturally in it. occurring folate. Yes. Should be folate. So synthesis of DNA and cell division, neural tube formation, and then adequate folate must be present at conception. So long before mom knows she's pregnant. So therefore, If you are somebody who talks to your doctor and they Mm -hmm. want you to go on a prenatal, I have had several clients and then obviously in my personal experience, they recommended going on my prenatals about six months before, but they will say folic acid. There's, you know, very clear about that. Um, And so I knew better, but um, got the one with folate. So sometimes as well, depending upon, you know, what you're taking, they'll give you a milligram that they want you to aim for. So sometimes you might have to take something separate, but just try to get the folate and not folic acid. Yep. And there's plenty of opportunities for that out there. And prenatals are great to take forever. Like you can, prenatals are an awesome multivitamin essentially. Mm. Um, and especially postpartum too. We're going to do a separate podcast on postpartum, but, uh, prenatals are awesome to take all the time. Um, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, vitamin D and vitamin C are all important for bone, connective tissue, hormones during pregnancy. I mean, come on. Um, placental integrity, uterine growth. So your uterus is obviously growing and expanding. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of those are super important for that. Vitamins A is important for cell differentiation and development. Um, it's also a fat soluble. So you want, and as is vitamin D. So wanting to make sure that you're taking these with a meal is important. Something your doctors don't tell you. Totally. They just say take vitamin D. Totally. (laughs) Um, and then you've got iodine and selenium. So this is synthesis of your thyroid hormones. If you have a thyroid condition, your doctors will be testing this every four to six weeks. In my experience, at least it was every six weeks. Um, but you can also eat things like Brazil nuts for selenium Mm -hmm. and seaweed as well. And then seafood like salmon, things like that. So you want to make sure that you're getting enough 
of this during your pregnancy throughout. So when I was really focusing on this, I would have either the seaweed crisps in my salad or I would eat two Brazil nuts a day. Yeah. And obviously just a note on seafood because we know that seafood during pregnancy is kind of one of those things that they say to avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, So just because of the high levels of mercury. So knowing that certain like tuna is very high in mercury, um, bigger fish tend to be higher in mercury. Um, so eating seafood is totally fine during pregnancy. I did it, you know, I did shrimp occasionally. Um, so what you want to make sure of is just if you're nervous about it, not exceeding like six to eight ounces a week. Um, so, but it's totally fine to eat seafood during pregnancy. If you really like seafood and you enjoy it, like salmon, salmon's a great healthy fat omega-3 source. I eat salmon about twice a week, but Mm -hmm. I made sure that it was wild caught. Yes. Because wild caught does not have as much mercury. Yep. So wild caught and then obviously making sure that you're cooking it to the correct temperatures. Which is also the concept with meat. Um, so they worry about meat because of listeria. So listeria is a type of bacteria that obviously can happen if meat is um, either bad or it's not cooked well enough. Cooked, yeah. You can also get listeria though, guys, from lettuce and salads and spit. Like it is not just in meat. So I think a lot of people worry about like, oh, should I be eating protein? Yes, please eat protein mm-hmm. during pregnancy because the next thing, glycine, which is an essential amino acid, and collagen um, is super important for mom's uterus, placenta, and skin. And it plays a huge role in developing the fetus. So the DNA, the connective tissue, the blood vessels, the skin, the joints of baby are all important to obviously development and you need essentially an amino acids to help with this process. Yeah. So, and your doctor too, depending upon how sick you're feeling throughout, they may tell you to drink things like bone broth or mm-hmm. take a collagen supplement. So I usually did a collagen supplement in my protein smoothie in the morning, yep. just, you know, for days that I wasn't feeling super, super great or feeling yeah. like I could eat a lot of food, especially when you get to third trimester, if your stomach is bigger, you feel like you can only eat in small amounts. So you want, you know, higher volume, like fats yeah. and things like that. So I would do uh, a scoop of collagen yep. as well. So some foods here, just like, you know, let's segue into this. Um, since we already talked about red meat and slow cooked meats, um, let's talk about eggs. So eggs are super, super important for the choline, um, which is very important for the baby's brain development. Yes, so and it's typically under consumed. Yes. That's why it's so important because a lot of people don't realize how important choline is during for cognitive development of the fetus. Um, and we typically don't get enough of it into our diet. And especially, like I said, in the beginning of that pregnancy, I did not want eggs. eggs. Yeah. And eggs are like an amazing source of not only healthy fats, but also choline. Um, and choline you can also get from liver. I don't think anyone's eaten liver yeah. a ton during their pregnancy. Yeah. Um, peanuts. But choline's super important, guys. So eggs are awesome yeah awesome, and then awesome. one thing we would say here is make sure they're high quality eggs yeah. so organic free range if you can um make sure that you're you know eating them fully cooked so if it's going to be hard boiled or scrambled whatever yep. but whole eggs here we're not talking about egg whites this isn't the time no. to be trying to cut your fats um so. but also so like if you're looking at organic obviously when you're pregnant and stuff like that um Look for organic, grass-fed, sustainably raised, more so for things with dairy and meat and Mm -hmm. eggs, um, because studies have shown that the nutritional value does change for those things. But for things like, you know, fruit and vegetables and, you know, frozen, fresh, canned, 
they've actually shown not much of a nutritional difference at all. Well, um, and you with can organic wash. and non-organic. And you, you can, can wash those things, things a lot yeah. easier. So if you do buck up the money for organic and grass-fed, do it for the dairy, for the meats, for the eggs, for the seafood, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it makes a bigger difference there. So speaking of dairy, um, when you're pregnant, whole fat dairy, 2% even, um, helps support normal bone mineral uh, metabolism, directs minerals to go to the right places. So when you're doing, when you're pregnant, I did a good amount of whole fat dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's great for the body in terms of calcium and phosphorus and all that. And interesting note here. So I have a sensitivity to dairy too uh-huh. much of it gives me, um, that kind of phlegm in my throat yep. or constipation feeling like I am like stuffy and congested or bloated. During pregnancy, I was actually able to consume dairy and feel fine. So uh-huh. sometimes like the way that we digest things yep. because of the nutrients that your we body need. Needs. Yep, yep, that we need. So dairy does get kind of a bad rap and some people are intolerant to it. You know, yep. they have signs that, you know, maybe they shouldn't consume this in high amounts. During pregnancy, try and see. Now, on the flip side of this, when you get to breastfeeding, if your baby's really gassy and stuff, that's going to be one of the things that your doctor says immediately is like, okay, let's try to remove the dairy Um, because some babies don't have the ability to digest or whatever. So just keep a note here and see how you feel, right? If you can't consume dairy products during pregnancy, then you want to just be mindful and get vitamins from other sources. So the last one here is leafy greens. Um, A lot of people under consume leafy greens in general, but they really should be something that you do focus on during pregnancy especially because they have folate, um, vitamin C, a lot of fiber, obviously, and then your B vitamins and other trace minerals. So that's the other thing I want to touch on. So I know Liz didn't experience this as much. I experienced horrible constipation when I was Mm. pregnant. Um, I did too. Did you? Yeah. Okay. We talked about it a lot. I, but we talk about poop a lot. I was so. like to the point where I was literally feeling like I was going to shit my pants and I couldn't go to the bathroom. It was the worst feeling in the world. I almost felt like I couldn't leave the house because it was like, yeah. it was that bad. Um, and so I actually took, I talked to my doctor. I talked to a couple people. Colace was mm-hmm. a stool softener that oh, yep. was safe because unfortunately mm-hmm. when you're pregnant, you can't take a lot of medications. Nope. Um, and so Colace was one that was safe and helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, I took but, that too. And I still took my magnesium, my calm. Yep. Um, and that helped. But yeah, there would be three or four days that I get back up oh my god it was the worst it was the worst because guys you got to think about this you're producing relaxin which is a hormone to help the body essentially relax the muscles to create space for the baby um and for obviously when you're giving birth and so things shift and Mm -hmm. you're not compressing food as much and so you're not like create you know this is why the constipation can happen um and so making sure that you're including vegetables and fruits as much as you can. I did it in smoothies because I couldn't stomach vegetables for a while. Yeah. Um, and I would hide it in dishes. So, and same thing with meat. If you feel like you can't stomach the meat, doing something like instant pots, so you don't have to smell it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do slow cooker and create like a stew to where it's a little bit less of like that meaty type smell or taste or, yeah. you know, um, texture. Um, but protein is obviously important during pregnancy and that I can kind of brings us to the prenatals. Yeah. Um, we wanted yeah. to share what we took and what we why we took them, um, but obviously talk to your doctor, mm-hmm. find things, do your own research. Yeah, just please stay away from folic acid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I took Designs for Health, their pro prenatal. It is more expensive, but it is high quality. It's really good stuff. Actually, the people that I work with for hormone testing and lab work and stuff sent it to me as okay. a gift, like a congratulations, nice. your pregnant gift. Yeah, um, but you can get it online anywhere, and so. Um, it's got folate, 800, um, 
MCGs here. So that was a really good amount. So depending upon, you know, what your doctor recommends, you can, you know, dose down or dose Mm -hmm. up. But that was the brand that I took and I really liked that one. I was taking another one. Um, I will link it in the show notes. I forget the name of it off the top of my head for a little while that I found and I liked that too. But I have to say this designs for health has been the best one that I've personally seen. Yeah. I took garden of life organic prenatal with folate. Um, I have a friend from high school that I kind of reconnected with on Instagram. Gotta love social media. Um, she was a NICU nurse and she kind of started her own company that is called bumble baby. We'll have to tag her. I kind of want to have her on the podcast. Um, she's amazing, but she, uh, she now works with people with prenatal and postpartum. She dealt with postpartum depression really bad and kind of talks about all of that. Um, but she recommends this brand. So that's what I took when I was pregnant. But I also took uh, Nordic Naturals EPA DHA. So during fetal development, DHA rapidly accumulates in specific tissues where it's needed um, upon birth. So the brain, the eyes, the liver, the adipose fat, kind of skeletal muscle. Um, so once the infant is born, DHA is important for healthy vision cognition and a healthy immune system and statistically mothers with high dha levels during pregnancy have longer pregnancies fewer preterm births um so some nice research there to support uh babies born to these moms tend to have higher birth weight and experience earlier gains in visual and cognitive development um and Recent research actually indicates that the benefits of DHA during pregnancy may not be limited to just like brains and vision. Um, two areas actually may also influence a child's future body composition and their risk for allergies. So um, kind of some interesting stuff. But anyways, we tend to undereat healthy mm-hmm. fats. We yeah. tend to overeat inflammatory fats. So we tend to undereat omega-3s, you know, wild-caught salmon and certain nuts and seeds. And we tend to overeat fried foods, unhealthy oils to cook with and stuff like that. So what we want to do is obviously increase, and we can't get these from thing our body. We are we have to get them from food. Um, so I took the EPA DHA Nordic Naturals brand. I took also nested choline supplement. Like I talked about earlier, choline's critical for normal functioning of liver cells, cells in the nervous system, including the brain. Um, and some studies actually suggest suggest that the choline supplementation may prevent or treat an inflammatory response during pregnancy, um, which could lead to preeclampsia or a preterm birth. Crazy. Something um, that my doctors never talked about. Yeah. But I guess they didn't really have a reason to because I never totally. had you never preeclampsia had any, signs yeah. before totally. being induced. Yeah. So I took the nested choline supplement. So okay. I was taking three things um, just to make sure I got it all because, yeah. you know, it's you want to do everything you can to help yourself oh, and 100%. to help baby. Yeah. I so. took omegas as well, but I yeah. just took the ones that I always take um, from first form. Yep. And um, yeah. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, guys, it really comes down to if you're planning to get pregnant, start to incorporate some of these things mm-hmm. right away. The other thing that I want to just add really quick is if you're a coffee drinker, oh, you need yeah. to be aware that when you become pregnant, you need to limit your caffeine intake. So I started reducing my level of caffeine intake because you also cannot take things like pre-workout or other nope. workout supplements. So you want to make sure if you Find yourself cutting out caffeine and getting really bad headaches. If you're going to get pregnant, try now to start removing some of these things um, because it sucks when you can't have them. They may not recommend (laughs) you go cold turkey either. Like if you're drinking eight cups of coffee a day, one, seek help. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, but the doctor's probably not going to recommend you go cold turkey. No. They'll recommend starting to wean off, which is a great point that Liz make is like, start doing it now, mm-hmm. you know, just so that you don't have to deal with it when maybe you're also dealing with nausea yeah. and like all the other things. That but I mean, I was taking a lot of caffeine. I didn't even realize how much caffeine was in certain things that I was taking. So just like chocolate, my, chocolate, like certain foods. Yeah. Yep. But my pre-workout that I was taking, yep. um, there was a 
fat burner destroy the enemy which fat burners are bullshit but <laughs> i liked the flavor of it in my water yeah you know and yeah so i looked at all that stuff and i was like oh wow holy crap so i tried to stay around 200 milligrams a day i drink i try to do like two cups or less yeah i stuck i did a lot of decaf when i was pregnant because i i would have a cup in the morning i limited myself to one cup keurig cup yep. eight eight or ten ounces and then if i wanted more i would just have decaf in the afternoon yeah and that was kind of my thing yeah i so also took protein no. powder too because i think that's mm-hmm. the one last thing a lot of people ask us about um I took protein powder because I was taking it when I wasn't pregnant. Mm-hmm. I felt fine. There's unfortunately, here's the thing, guys. There's not a lot of great research on pregnant women. As you can imagine, it's not super um, ethical mm-hmm. to do research <laughs> on pregnant women. Most of the research comes from Norwe- uh, Norwegian women, and it's kind of a limited study group. Mm-hmm. You have mainly white women. So, um Unfortunately, there's not a lot of research out there and they err on the side of caution, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, smart. Uh, And so I saw nothing wrong with protein powder, especially because I was getting brands that had quality, you know, ingredients. Um, And I thought about it this way. I was like, people effing eat Doritos and BS food their entire pregnancy yeah. and have normal pregnancies and healthy babies. So me having my protein powder, which I enjoy, and I was you know wasn't wanting to eat a ton of meat the first trimester, helped me. Yeah. Um, and so again, listen to your body. If you're not sure about it and you feel unsafe about it, don't do it. But there's no research that shows against it. Yeah, and you can always talk to your doctor. You know, I looked at my brands just because I obviously as a nutrition coach, we research yep. a lot of things. Um, the brands that I use were plant based and they were vegan yep. throughout my pregnancy. Um, there is a company called Top Notch Nutrition that has a very clean whey protein and they've removed 90% of the lactase, um, sorry, the lactose. So it also has digestive enzymes in there that people who have intolerances to dairy can most often consume it and be fine. Otherwise find something that is, you know, vegan or plant-based. The biggest thing here is when you're reading the label, if you can't pronounce what is on the label, like isogenics their label is half a page long and half of the stuff you can't pronounce if there's a lot of fillers and synthetics and other things in there steer clear from it find a cleaner protein powder so we can link some in the show notes that we took and that we like that are pretty clean but you know everybody's journey is going to be different and it's really all about listening to your body and i'm sorry but i am gonna say like screw your doctor's recommendations on how much weight you need to gain as long as you are eating appropriate amounts you're not you know, go into Dunkin' Donuts and getting 12 donuts a day and you're eating good foods. Like you guys, I say this because my doctor told me I'm quote unquote a bigger girl and that I should only gain 15 pounds in my pregnancy. Uh, That is absolutely incorrect. She didn't know my body fat percentage. She didn't know my BMI. She literally looked at me and, you know, made those assumptions. And I talked with all the other doctors. It infuriates me. Yes. But you talk to other doctors in the practice, right? And there are recommendations, but on the other end of this, right? Like, so Becca, you gained 45, 50 pounds, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. You started really, really lean and you needed that. And so again, we're going to end this with every journey is different. You've got to do what's best for your body. And the number one goal throughout pregnancy is to bring a healthy baby into this world. 100%. And nourish it. 100% guys, listen to your body. It will. And you know, as long as you're being smart, like Liz said, you need to nourish it, take in mostly whole foods, but enjoy some things. You're pregnant. It's a tough time for most people. Like, yes, hopefully you have an amazing pregnancy. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, do your own research. Find experts in the field. Like I said, uh, I'd be happy to connect you with some if you guys want to reach out. But at the end of the day, it is a very small amount of our life that brings amazing joy. Yes. At the end of it. Yes.
All right. As always, thank you guys for spending your time with us. We're honored to be able to help educate you and improve your lifestyle. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it with your friends and tag us on Instagram at lsn.coach. If you love us, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. These reviews help us grow, reach others, and continue to make great content. So if you have any questions or topics you want us to cover, just shoot us a DM and we hope you guys have a fabulous day. Thank you.